Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome to uh, today's uh, Lord's Day. Um, uh, welcome to the Sunday School today. But before we start, let's uh, pray. Our gracious God, give of life. We thank you for this day that you have given us an opportunity to live for you and to tell of your glories. We thank you especially for this Lord's Day that you have given us this one day to come before you, to worship you, that we may hear from you, to be edified um, by worshiping you. We, we thank you um, also for this Sunday School session that we are here today uh to learn about your uh, to learn of your goodness and your kindness to us by bringing us salvation we ask that you may guide us through our lesson today that you may give us wisdom uh lord we pray that you may help me to uh speak your word clearly to lead people to you um and not to any human being or myself um we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So again, uh, welcome to today's Adult Sunday School class. Um, for the next four Sundays, we will be going through this book, uh, Becoming a Christian, a book by Keith Underhill. It is an account of uh, people who are born again in the New Testament. Um, as, the title says, uh, as the title says, it is how to be sure you are a Christian from examination of accounts of conversion in the New Testament. So the topic of conversion is very important because many people have gotten it wrong. And it is good that we study to see um, what is true conversion? Uh, you can get this book from Reformation Hub Bookstore. Uh, I think it goes for 300 shillings, 300 shillings. So you can call that number or visit TBC, Don Home. You will get a copy. Um, um, So this topic of conversion or salvation, we see that many people have uh, gotten it wrong. It is a vital subject because um, this topic of salvation or conversion or being born again is the one most important thing um, there is that you need to know. You can be ignorant of very many things in this life. You can even get many things wrong, but you must not get the conversion, but you must not get conversion wrong. Eternity depends upon right understanding of what it means to be converted and having a genuine experience of conversion. 
we, we see um, in this book, uh, in the introduction, you will see that there are several things that people have mistaken for conversion or lies that people have accepted as substitutes of conversion that are false. And by studying this book, uh, one account after the other, we will see what true conversion is. We see that um, there are people who are mistaken in thinking that um, they are converted or they are believers in name only. Um, they say, I am converted because of my background or my ancestry. When I ask someone, sorry, this is, these are the words of uh, Keith Underhill. When I ask someone who claims to be a Christian, the time when they became a Christian, often uh, the reply is something like this, I have always been a Christian. I was born into a Christian family and was taken to church from day one. So there are people who think that they are believers because that's what they've known from their childhood. There are some even in this church who have been brought up in this church and they, be, they may be mistaken in thinking that they are Christians just because of that. There are those who think that they are Christians because they live a good lifestyle. Um, here are the time-honored substitutes for genuine conversion, baptism, church attendance, and even membership. A respectable life of seeking to keep the Ten Commandments. It is possible to have all this to a high degree, yet be a stranger to true conversion, as was Saul of Tarsus. This was the false hope of so many of the Pharisees of Jesus' days. Ask the average person who claims to be a Christian today, and they will stake their claim on the false idea of the goodness of their lives. Today we are going to see the account of one Pharisee, Nicodemus, who had all these things. Um, he was a good person. And we will see that conversion or being a Christian is not being a good person. There are those who think that they are born again because they made a decision. And most of them are after an altar call. There are multitudes who have been to a crusade or some sort of evangel uh, evangelistic meeting and have responded to the altar call by going to the front and being prayed for and who have been assured by the preacher that they are now converts. Their subsequent lives betray this profession. It is said that almost 30% of Americans and 80% of Kenyans claim to be born again. The figure alone surely demonstrates the, uh, the, demonstrates the massive deception there is. So conversion is not uh, a decision you make after uh, hearing uh, a moving sermon or after answering to an altar call. Uh, we see that there are also those who think they are born again because they have been prayed for by a mighty man of God. And it is sadly the case in uh, most parts of this country. The, the Christian world today sees many giving themselves to such titles as apostles or prophets. Many will re uh, reason like this. Such holy people 
are nearer to God. And if they pray, God must hear them. I have been prayed for by the apostle or the prophet, so I must be converted. How many people have come to me and asked me to pray for them as if somehow my prayers are more, uh, more availing with God? When the truth is that all have equal access to God through Jesus Christ. Uh, this is Pastor Keith. Um, many people have come to him being a pastor uh, that he may pray for them to become uh, born again. Again, we will see that this is not how you, you become a Christian. There are a good number who think that they are Christians because they were miraculously healed. So they think that they are converted by a miracle. Uh, today there are many who claim to have been miraculously healed and on this, on, on this basis profess conver uh, conversion as they think their healing must prove that God especially loves them. So we will see that is not the case. Again, there are those who believe that they are born again because Jesus appeared to them in a dream. Especially uh, in the Islamic world. We know from, from scriptures that this is not possible. Jesus appeared to Paul lastly. Paul is the last person who saw Jesus. So anyone else who claims to have seen Jesus in a dream is a liar. And so there is no one who becomes a believer um, by encountering Jesus in a dream. So these are some of the things that we intend to, to see. Um, and prove from scripture and the testimonies of those who have believed in the New Testament, we will see that conversion is not all these things. Uh, so there are four things that we are praying for that God will hear us. Four goals, um, uh, four aims to achieve through going, th uh, through going this lesson. Number one uh, is that through this session that some may experience genuine conversion. That people who have not known Jesus Christ will look at the lives of people in the scriptures who have believed in Jesus Christ and believe. It is also a prayer and goal that some may be, uh, that others of you might have your eyes open to the fact that you have been deceived into thinking you are converted when you are not. So there's a possibility that uh, someone here thinks that they are a believer when they are not. So after seeing what true conversion is, we pray that those who are deceived will believe in Jesus Christ and be converted. Uh, it is also a prayer that others of you who have been influenced by false teaching and have become unsure about your conversion might be reassured of the Lord's grace to you. So this, through studying scriptures, uh, those who are Christians who have doubted their salvation, we hope to, 
we hope that God will help us to uh, be sure of our salvation. And lastly, to all of us who claim to be Christians, that those who preach will make use of the, uh, of the different chapters to tell your hearers what true biblical conversion is. So those who teach are um, basically all of us. We, we evangelize. It is our duty to share the gospel. And these accounts are very good. These are ready sermons, if I may say. By looking at these people, you will be able to tell someone who is an unbeliever what true conversion is. And by that, uh, these chapters that we will learn will help you share the gospel. So we pray that uh, God will help us through this. We have uh, previously looked at um, two cases, that of uh, the tax collector, and we saw that conversion is praying to God as sinner, pleading for mercy and to justification. Uh, we also looked at the story of the tax collector, and we saw that conversion is praying to God as a sinner, pleading for mercy and to justification. Today, uh, sorry, I think I repeated that. We looked at the story of Zac uh, Zacchaeus, and so that conversion is being sought and saved by Jesus Christ, which results in repentance and a total change, uh, a, total, a totally changed life. So today we will look at the story of Nicodemus. And the lesson today will be conversion is being born again of the Holy Spirit. Um, I like that the cover of this book has a baby. This is a picture of new birth. So today we are going to see that conversion is new birth. And we are going to see what is this new birth. Uh, we have heard Christians say, or we, we as Christians say that we are born again. So what does it mean to be born again? That is our lesson for today. Um, one challenge I have uh, encountered in studying this book, studying for teaching, that is, is that it, it is a good challenge. It's that it's very simple. And by simple, I mean there is no better way to, there are no better words to say the things that Keith Underhill has said. You can read this book to a five-year-old and they will understand. So in an attempt to study it and put it in words that people would understand, I found myself in a fix. So get, take a hold of this book. It is, it is very, very simple. The language is good and friendly. Uh, and the lessons are straightforward. Um, so let's let's turn to John chapter 3. We read verse 1 through 10 and see the story of Nicodemus. John chapter 3 verse 1 to 10. Now 
there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? So in, in Nicodemus, we have a different kind of Pharisee. Remember, we looked at the Pharisee who um, was proud, who was proud that he gives and he prays and he lives a holy life. He was unlike other people. But in Nicodemus, we have a different kind of Pharisee than the one in the parable of Luke chapter 18, verse 9 to 14. This one is very positive towards Jesus, but he is not converted. Jesus makes it very clear what must happen to him in order to enter the kingdom of God. The emphasis on what God does in conversion, uh, sorry, the emphasis is on what God does in conversion. Man can go so far in his own wisdom and strength, but it will never bring him conversion. Yes, as we saw previously, a sinner must pray to God for mercy. And yes, Jesus must seek the sinner and bring him to repentance. But none of this can happen unless God does a powerful work in the sinner to enable him to pray and repent. So today we will see that the new birth is a work of God. The new birth is nothing that we can do of ourselves. So let's look at um, some marks that do not prove true conversion, marks that people would confuse for true conversion, things that were in Nicodemus but did not mean that he was um, born again. If ever a person could be mistaken for being truly converted, it was Nicodemus, and yet he was very far from the kingdom of God. Uh, the story of Nicodemus does not begin in John chapter 3, but at the end of chapter 2. If you look at John chapter 2, uh, if you turn your Bibles to John chapter 2, verse 23, I will read 23 to 25. John 2, 23 to 25. It says, Now 
when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name. This is Jesus. Many people believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all the people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. So we see that after Jesus had performed miracles, many people believed in him. But Jesus did not believe in them. The word translated there, believe, um, and entrust, it says, Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them. So the word believe and the word entrust are the same in the original language. So the people, they believed, but he did not believe. He knew their hearts, that although they professed faith with their lips, it was not genuine. Their, their professed faith was only in response to the signs that Jesus did. And this is not sufficient. So if you think you are a believer because you um, have seen signs or you have heard of the miracles that Jesus performed and you think you, uh, you are a believer because you believe that or because you in some way think that they were true, that is not enough. It is even more relevant in today's case because we have seen people follow miracle workers. Churches that perform miracles are full. Um, look at uh, a war and the following he has because he performs miracles. So people follow him because of what they see. People think that they believe in Jesus Christ, but Jesus himself has not entrusted himself to, to them. So we will see four ways um, in which uh, Nicodemus was a very remarkable man. Number one, he was a religious man. A man of the Pharisees. Pharisees were leaders in the Jewish, uh, in the Jewish religion dedicated to keeping the law of God as strictly as possible. Uh, Paul testified that according to the strictest party, I have lived a Pharisee. And Nicodemus was, was a Pharisee. Here is a man who thought he had totally given himself to God. Such could be seen uh, giving to the needy, praying in the synagogues and on the streets and street corners, and regularly fasting. To the casual observer, it might be thought that here was a man with whom God was pleased. Indeed, the Jews had a saying that if two men uh, were to enter heaven, one would be a Pharisee. So you, you see how Pharisees were respected back then. They were re uh, religious people. Things, things are not very different even now. If you see a religious person, um, a pastor, an apostle, a prophet, uh, someone who's devoted, someone who fasts and prays, someone who uh, goes to prayer centers and camps there, you will think that because of that, 
they are a believer. But we will see that is not the case. So we must, we must learn to think biblically. So being a religious man does not mean being born again. Number two, Nicodemus was very learned. He was the teacher of Israel. We see that in uh, verse 10, verse 10 of chapter 3, when Jesus says to him, um, are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? So Nicodemus had been elevated to a member of the Sanhedrin, the highest legal court for Jews. We find him sitting with the chief priests and Pharisees who had sent officers to arrest Jesus in chapter 7 of John. It is this court that hurriedly sat to try our Lord. Um, we, we don't know where Nicodemus was at this point. He probably excused himself, Amma absented himself. So they, they had authority to recommend to the Roman governor the death penalty for someone who had broken Jewish laws. It was in this court, the Sanhedrin, that Nicodemus was honored was an honored member. Surely, when a person has risen to such heights in society, he must be a good person. And when it, uh, it is combined with religious life, um, surely, uh, we will think him to be a believer. And it is the case even today. Uh, people who are respected um, in society, people who are religious, people who stand in public uh, and uh, testify of their faith, we just believe them by the fact that they are respected and they have said that they are believers. We believe them. But we see that Nicodemus was, was not uh, a believer. Um, sorry, I think I mixed those points. We have seen that he was a religious man. Uh, he was respected in society, and he was uh, learned. He was, uh, sorry, his respect was as a result of being in the Sanhedrin. So thirdly, we see that he was learned, the teacher of Israel. And from this, we see that it is possible to have great knowledge about the contents of the Bible and be able to teach others without having real understanding. So just because someone can teach, just because someone has a dig, uh, degree, a theological degree, doesn't qualify him to be a believer. And lastly, um, Nicodemus thought highly of Jesus. Uh, in verse 2, we see that he says, we know that you are a teacher come from God. That he was, uh, Nicodemus was very positive towards Jesus, and this made him so different from the other Pharisees. Most Pharisees were strongly opposed to Jesus, and Jesus reserves, uh, reserved his strongest words of condemnation for them. And yet, Nicodemus was a Pharisee who had a positive attitude towards Jesus. But still, we know that 
uh, he was not a believer. So having a positive attitude towards Jesus or knowing Jesus and attending church and knowing that there is this Jesus, there is God, and not offending him is not enough. You are not a believer just because you think highly of Jesus. So it is not enough uh, to see in Jesus of Nazareth a good man, even a perfect man. It is not enough to find his, in his teaching the highest philosophy that everyone should follow. Uh, for example, the golden rule. Nicodemus seems to be on, on the way, but he has not yet experienced true conversion. So from the story of Nicodemus, we learn that it is very possible to be full of religious, uh, religious practices, to have great knowledge of the Bible, and even believe in Jesus, uh, sorry, and even believe Jesus is from God, and yet not be born again. Nicodemus was not uh, a Barabbas, a murderer, the sort of person we inst uh, instinctively know needs a great change. How near one can get to the kingdom as viewed from outside, but Jesus knew all men. Symbolically, Nicodemus, coming to Jesus by night, spoke of the darkness of his own soul. Jesus goes on to say that such people love the darkness and hate light in verse 19 to 21. With such feelings, how will anyone such as Nicodemus ever come to the light? It was the same with Saul of Tarsus, whose conversion we shall look at later. What was it they were lacking? What did they not come, uh, why did they not come to Jesus, the light? What was it that they needed? So this is what we are going to consider. The one experience necessary for true conversion. So when Nicodemus says to Jesus that we know that you are a teacher come from God, Jesus did not respond directly to him um, about that. He knew that despite such a knowledge, Nicodemus was not converted. He needed to be born again, something only God could do in his life. In verse 3 and in verse 5, Jesus says to Nicodemus, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He repeats it in verse 5. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And both times, Jesus introduces the statement with truly, truly, I say to you. So Jesus is drawing our attention to these words. These words are the truth. You know, these words, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Seeing and entering the kingdom of God is impossible without being born again. The kingdom of God is God's rule that Christ came to establish. By being born again, a person comes under God's rule, together with the whole converted community. 
this one necessary experience is not something that you do. This is not something that we do. This is what we call the new birth. And there are four things that we will learn about this new birth today. Uh, we will ask ourselves, what, what is this new birth? How does it come? Um, what is the evidence that it has come? And finally, we will ask ourselves, how can we be sure that it has come to us? Uh, so what is the new birth? Um, have, I, have I lost you? Are we together up to that point? Okay. So what does it mean to be born again? This, this word born again that you find in verse 3 is the same as uh, what you see in verse 5 and verse 6. Just look at um, chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5. Um, let me just read from uh, verse 3. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus answered, Truly, 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 I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So what he calls born again in verse 3, he calls in verse 5, born of water and the Spirit. And verse, verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where. You do not know where it comes, uh, where it comes from, or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So this is one thing. What Jesus has called born again, he has called also born of water and the Spirit, and he has called born of the Spirit. There are people who claim that... Uh, Born of water here means baptism. Uh, we see this is not the case because he has, Jesus has used different terms to describe the same thing. So if you say that born of water means baptism, then you're saying that born of the Spirit means baptism. In verse... Um, Verse 6 of chapter 3, Jesus says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And we know that baptism is physical. Baptism is a physical sign, and so it would be something of the flesh. And this new birth that we are looking at is something of the spirit. So the water, being born of water here does not refer to baptism. This is an expression Jesus chose, especially for uh, Nicodemus, because Nicodemus was a Pharisee. 
Pharisees knew the law. Nicodemus would understand water in the Old Testament was a symbol of purification. Uh, at this point, uh, he was referring to, I think he was referring to Ezekiel 36, 25, which Nicodemus, a student of the law, would know, which says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness and from all your idols, I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So the point I'm trying to make is that being born of water here is not baptism. It is a description of this new birth. So what, um, what Jesus is saying here is, here is water to cleanse from uncleanliness, that is sins and specifically the sin of idolatry, which was so characteristic of the children of Israel. And here is a new heart and a new spirit, which is my God's spirit. Not that the putting of the spirit within, sorry, not that the putting of the spirit within guarantees that the person will be careful to obey God's law. When God replaces the stony heart with a heart of flesh, everything, uh, everything is changed. Stone is hard and cold, flesh is pliable and warm. So what changes when someone, is, when someone this, uh, receives this new birth? What changes? And number one, the darkened mind is enlightened to understand. So as, as we list these things, uh, think of your salvation. Think to yourself, is this how I was born again? Did my faith uh, uh, result into these things? And that is number one. The darkened mind is enlightened to understand. Number two, the desires of sin are replaced with the desires of righteousness. So that if you have been born again, your previous desires of sin will come to an end and you will start to desire godly things, things uh, for righteousness. Number three, no longer is life, uh, life lived selfishly, but now for the glory of God. So in the previous life, uh, a person who has not believed lives for himself, for themselves. But after coming to Christ, after receiving the new birth, they live to the glory of God. So this is why the picture of birth is used. It represents a new beginning, a new life. So this new birth is becoming a new person spiritually. Peter, uh, Peter likewise uses that language of born again in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 
and verse 23. John uses it again um, in John 1, 13, and in 1 John chapter 2, verse 29. So this new birth, when we say, I am born again, what we mean is that we have started a new life. The old life has ended, a new life from the point of believing has started. God has given us a new heart of flesh. So next time when someone asks you to explain what being born again means, that is what it means. So Jesus is telling Nicodemus that despite all his achievements in religion, education, in society, he must start life, sorry, he must start his life all over again if he is to enter the kingdom of God. And this is something only the Spirit of God can accomplish. No child can give birth to itself. Jesus emphasizes that only the Spirit can give birth to spirits. That's in verse 6. Only God can totally change a person. Nicodemus may have the best advantages this world can offer, but he is still but flesh, highly educated flesh, deeply religious flesh, well-respected flesh, yes, but still only flesh. So we see that uh, the new birth can only come from God himself. So how does, how does this new birth come? Christ, Christ Jesus does not give any instructions to Nicodemus how to be born again. And this is why we must denounce uh, the practice of say this prayer after me. There is no formula of coming to God. There is no formula that you will show a person for them to believe. Christ does not teach that if you believe, then God will respond by giving you a new birth, something that we have heard people, uh, people teach. Faith belongs only to the new heart. Um, I'm sure most, some of you are thinking of John 3.16. Uh, where it says, all who believe will receive eternal life. But the thing is, John 3.16 says, all who believe will receive eternal life, not a new birth. The new birth comes before belief. For you to believe, you must have been awakened by God. Sinners are dead in their trespasses. They cannot even believe. So by the time you're believing, God has, God has worked in you. So um, faith belongs only to the new heart. The stony heart is one of unbelief. Do not, um, do not appeal to John 3.16. For in that, uh, in that place it says that the one who believes receives eternal life not the new birth. Faith is the result of the new birth, as it is taught in John chapter 1, verse 12, which says, 
but to all who did receive him, who believed in him, sorry, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. First John 5.1, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. So how, how then does it come? The new birth is a sovereign and powerful work of the Spirit of God in connection with the Word of God. Jesus called upon dead Lazarus to come out of the tomb. He could not, uh, he, he could not for he was dead. That is in himself. Lazarus could not come out by himself, for he was dead. But the word of Jesus has life-giving power, raising him from the dead, so that he comes, uh, so, sorry, so that he comes out. In the same way, the message of the gospel is powerfully used by uh, the Spirit to give a new birth to the person who comes to Jesus, that is, who believes. He likens being born of the Spirit to the wind. Um, wind and Spirit are the same word in the original languages. So the wind blows where it wishes. If you ask, why are some born of the Spirit and not others? So why, do, why does salvation come to some and not others? The answer to that is what... Jesus gave, the wind blows where it wishes. Uh, do we have any, any questions so, so far before we continue? Any question on how this new birth comes? Okay, so then we ask ourselves the third question. What is the evidence that um, this new birth has come to you? <clears throat> it is said that about 80% of, of Kenyans are Christians. We know that this, this cannot be true. We know of the wickedness that there is in this country. We cannot be 80% Christians. If such a large percentage were truly born again, this country would be a wonderful place. So let us, let us take this picture of birth. What is the evidence a new baby has come into this world? We know that a baby has come into this world um, because it moves and makes noises. In the case of someone who is born of the Spirit, we cannot observe the birth taking place. Likewise, you cannot see the wind, but you hear its sound. Jesus says, that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. What is Spirit? These are things that only the Spirit of God can produce. The flesh cannot produce them, for it can only produce flesh. 
So here's a list of uh, spirit from the scripture. Let's consider uh, John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. You can turn there, John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John's first letter was written to give assurance to Christian believers who had been troubled by false teachers, those who John calls the Antichrist. So we know um, that someone has this new birth, or you will know that you have this new birth if you have faith in Jesus Christ. This new birth results into faith in Jesus Christ. The second thing that this new birth will bring is practicing righteousness. The new birth by the Spirit brings a life that loves righteousness instead of sin. This is because the father of the new child is righteous himself. The son, Jesus Christ, is like the father. And this is true repentance. A person who has repented of his sins will stop, practice, uh, will stop living a sinful life and they will start practicing righteousness. So a person, again, who has this new birth will not continue in their sin. First um, John 3, 9, although translations have, uh, in First John 3, 9, make a practice of sinning, this is more of a translation. Sorry, this is more of an interpretation. In the context, it seems to be a reference to the fact that one born of God cannot be lawless, like the devil, 1 John 3.8. This is because God's seed abides in him, um, that is the one born of God, uh, probably a reference to the Holy Spirit, God's seeds abiding in him. So a person, again, who, is, who has received the new birth, um, loves believers. Loving one another is as a result of the new birth. There are many exhortations to love the brethren. This is grounded in the very character of God. God is love. If God is your father, you will love like him. So if you do not love brethren, um, it may mean that you have not received this new birth. As a result of this new birth, you will believe in Jesus Christ. Believing that Jesus is the Christ is as a result of being born, uh, born of God. The false teacher denied this about Jesus in John chapter 2, verse 22. Those born of God receive Jesus as the long-promised Messiah, the anointed prophet, priest, and king. So this is how you, this, these are the things of the Spirit. Faith in Christ, practicing righteousness, 
not sinning, loving one another, believing in Jesus, and finally, overcoming the world. The world are those desires and values that are opposed to God. The one born of God has a new nature that does not seek to satisfy such sinful desires and is therefore free to keep God's commandments. So, um, those who have the new birth, those who have the seed of the Spirit in them, will overcome the world. So finally, we ask ourselves, how can we be sure that this new birth has come to us? It is not difficult to tell. It is obvious when a tree bears fruits. So ask yourself these questions. So do you want to know if you have this new birth? Ask yourself these questions. Number one, have you received Jesus Christ? Have you believed in his name? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Is your faith sincere? So some may be uh, surprised when I say, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? We know that Jesus is uh, Jesus' name and Christ is the office he occupied. So when the Jews were waiting for a Messiah, they were waiting for a Christ, they did not believe that this Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah they were waiting for, is the Savior they were waiting for. So do you believe that this Jesus is the Savior that the Jews were waiting for? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Number two, ask yourself, are you devoted to a life of righteousness? Because you know that God is righteous. Are you serious about keeping uh, the commandments of God? If you're not, it may mean that you do not have this new birth. Number three, are you being kept by Christ from turning away from the faith? Your perseverance in the face of many trials is a great evidence that you are born again. When trials come, do you find your refuge in Christ Jesus? Are you encouraged in Christ Jesus? Do you overcome your challenges uh, or your trials uh, by turning to Christ Jesus? So ask yourself again this question. Are you genuinely loving other Christians? We have seen that it is a thing of the Spirit to love one another. So that if you do not love fellow brothers and sisters, it may mean that you do not have this new birth. And lastly, is your life one of overcoming the world? Has God changed your inner life, your thoughts and your desires? Nothing can be more important for without this experience, it is impossible for you to be part of the kingdom of God. There is no overcoming the world if you are not a Christian. There is no overcoming the world if you have not received this new, uh, this new birth. We do hear about Nicodemus again, and it appears that he 
was eventually converted. Uh, we hear him uh, at the Sanhedrin in John 7 and in chapter 19, verse 39, when he comes to bury our Lord Jesus Christ. His actions prove that he believed eventually. So again, we can conclude by saying conversion is being born again of the Holy Spirit. Sorry, of the Holy Spirit. Any, any questions? Yes. There's a question on YouTube. Okay. Ngongwe asks, mm -hmm. you say that belief and being born are different, as in one cannot believe unless he is born again. Can we say then if one believes, then, it's, then it means he mm -hmm. is born again? Sorry, ca can you repeat that? Can we say then? Can we say then when one believes, mm -hmm. then it means he is born again? What is to believe? So what is to believe? I think that is the question. The, the point here is that this new birth comes from God himself. It is not anything that we do. So uh, think of the picture of a, a dead person, the picture of Lazarus. A dead person has, does not have the ability to um, give themselves life or a baby a baby cannot give birth to itself so that for one to believe their eyes must have been first open for one to believe they must have received this new birth first and to believe is to believe in jesus christ so he asks what what is to believe a person who believes uh, that Jesus is the Christ, has been first pointed to their sin. They have seen their position. They have uh, known a holy God because you must first understand that you are a sinner. You cannot repent of sins that you are not aware of. You cannot repent uh, before a God whose holiness you do not know. So there is an understanding of the holiness of God and the position of yourself, a sinner and the need to be reconciled back to God. And the believing is that this Jesus, this Christ, is the only way to be reconciled back to God. So that is what the believing is. I hope I have answered. Yes, Pasi? Yes. A mic to Pasi. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Kevin, for uh, taking us through this very important subject of uh, new birth. Yeah. Um, I think the question then is, um, or rather the clarification I would want to make for the question asked is, uh, uh, new birth precedes faith. Mm -hmm. In other words, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit regenerates a sinner, uh, causes, uh, causes the sinner to be born again, mm -hmm. 
so that they come, they pass from death to life um, and are able to then see the preciousness of Christ uh, and see him as the only hope mm. for, their, um, for them to be forgiven. Mm. So before new birth has taken place, a sinner cannot believe. Yeah. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit who, you know, makes a person to come to life so that then he also gives them the ability to both see the awfulness of their sins and the preciousness of Christ as to believe in him yeah. for their salvation. Yes. Thank you for that. Pasi, you had a comment. I, I don't have anything to add after Pastor Murungi, just to point us to texts like Ephesians 2.8 mm -hmm. that clearly show that grace and faith are a gift. You, it's not something we work out intellectually. Yeah. It's God graciously gives uh, faith as a gift. And there is that order of salvation that uh, many who untwist people into altar calls mm. have refused to see that God has predestined before the foundations of the earth mm. to love this person. And so he regenerates them. Mm. He opens their eyes to hear God's word and faith comes by hearing mm. and they respond because they've been made alive already. Mm. And as they respond, they are justified. So, so that's one. The other thing I'll just say is in our homes, as we bring the gospel, mm. let's, let's realize the necessity of salvation to all. Uh, the difficult child, as well as the well-behaved child, both need the gospel. Yeah. So don't dumb down the gospel when you're dealing with the child who is number one in class mm -hmm. and who is not bringing situations at home where you're being told go to school. Mm. And uh, likewise, when we are dealing with superiors, people mm. who have public offices that are higher mm. than us, we don't dump down the gospel. Mm. If uh, one of the leaders of this country was to walk into church today mm. unannounced, we don't change the sound. Mm. We preach what was to be preached. When we are dealing with uh, people who are of people whom we honor, our parents, for example, mm. we don't dilute the gospel. We respectfully preach the truths of the gospel because each and everyone needs the gospel, uh, needs to be born again if they will enter the kingdom of God. Yeah. And Jesus Christ has said, truly, truly, He has said, very truly, Amen, Amen. Mm you must be born. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yes, another question from the media team, and then we conclude. A follow-up question on that. Mm -hmm. Mkongwe asks, uh, would we say then that in John chapter 2, mm -hmm. verse 23 to 25, mm -hmm. We see these people believed. 
what was this belief about? So in, in John chapter 2, verse 23, which says, um, uh, many believed in, in his name, uh, it is clear that they saw the miracles that Jesus did. And they, they believed. It's, it's the same as Nicodemus at the beginning of chapter 3. He says, uh, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. So they believed that Jesus was from God, but they had not believed in Jesus Christ. They, have, they had not been made aware of their sins. They had not seen him as the Christ they need. They just see a prophet. They believe that this guy, Ajajituma, Ametuma, he has been sent. He has not sent himself. And it is clear from, from that very portion of scripture, verse 24 of, 23, of chapter 2, he says, but Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people. And the same Jesus Christ says he knows those who are his and he knew those people are not his. So they, they believed that he was sent from God or they believed he's a powerful man, a prophet, but they did not believe in, in him as, the, as their savior. Yes, Pasi. As you've shown us there at the end, saving faith has fruit, and, uh, and we know from scripture that the devil believes and even trembles, yeah. but it is not saving faith. Yeah. And so Jesus does not entrust himself to these people because he knows their heart. He knows all people. And not all who say, the Lord, Lord, are mm -hmm. truly saved. Mm -hmm. It is those who do the will of the, the Father. Father. Mm -hmm. And so people could say, Lord, Lord, we believe, but uh, theirs is no different from the belief of, of the devil. Yeah. So Thank he you. would know true faith by its fruit. Yeah. Thanks, Pasi. Yes. A question here. Wait for okay. Yes. Uh -huh. So so here here acts when uh, they ask what then shall we do and and they were told, believe in Jesus Christ and, and you shall be saved. Waliambiwa, what they have to do, ni believe Jesus Christ. Na hiyo believe, ni hiyo, that Jesus is the Christ. Undio mukozi wenu. Undio atawokoa kwa dhambi zenu. So, waliambiwa, waamini Yesu Christo. Um, Walikuwa najua, uh, at that point, wengine wao walikuwa meona Yesu, 
lakini hawako waamini ni yeye alitumwa akue Mesaya, akue mokozi wao. So walikuwa wanaambiwa waamini Yesu ndiyo mokozi wao. Yes, sasa the 3000 wali believe in Jesus Christ as their savior. They repented and they believed. Yes. So there is no salvation apart from Jesus Christ. There is only one way and that is believing in Jesus Christ. Yeah, and anyone who is to be born again has to believe in Jesus Christ. Yes. Okay, uh let's end it at that. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you again this time for your gospel that you gave your son Jesus Christ to um die for our sins. We thank you Christ that you gave yourself up for the sake of our sins and that all who believe in you will be born again. It is our prayer that you may give this new birth to all who are here today. If anyone is confused, may they find um truth in your scriptures. May they know that your the Christ sent from God in whom they have to believe for salvation lord if um there's anyone who has not believed we pray that they may believe is anyone if anyone is deceived we pray that they may come to truth and for all who are believers we pray that they may take this truth and run to it to the world and proclaim it help us to grow in your truths and assurance of our salvation we thank you for this session and we also pray for the rest of the day as we continue to worship you that you will be with us and that your word may be preached for many to believe we ask in the name of jesus christ our lord and savior amen thank you for coming we will continue next time again you can get this book from reformation hub bookstore it goes for 300 shillings i think you can also get a copy from the office uh uh for borrowing if you can't afford to buy it you can borrow one from the office asante